Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to Smartest Guy in the Room. I'm your host, Jerry Dempsey, along with my good friend and mentor, Matthew Smith. Yo, yo, what's going on? A lot of stuff this week. I learned a valuable lesson about uh, friendship and how far it can be extended. We won't really get into that, but you know what? Just a lesson to everybody. Uh, I don't know. Don't let yourself uh, go ahead. It's okay to say no sometimes. Yes, thank you for saving me. Yes, it is okay to say no sometimes. Yeah. So. And I had a. uh, I don't know if it's a lesson, but it's. uh, You know, I moved. I'm living in a new house. This is my first summer here. And. And. you just asked me off the air if it's cold here because I'm wearing a I'm layered. Well, I'm yeah, layered because on. yeah, my house is cold because uh, I had a, what I thought was just condensation buildup in one of my air conditioning ducts. And uh, so I just figured, you know, because it was really humid here the last week. And I just thought like, and I've had this before at other houses. I've had air conditioning ducts that like sweat when it gets really, really hot out. So I thought that was just what was going on. And uh, so I thought the water was just confined to this one area, which was no big deal. I just put some towels around it. And uh, But then the other day, I was downstairs and I grabbed a box of cereal and I noticed when I pulled the cereal out, the box was soaking wet and it turned out the duct was leaking into the kitchen cabinets below Ugh. and uh, it turned out not to be a huge problem. What ended up happening, which I didn't know, there's a summer setting and a winter setting to this unit. And I, I can't understand why there'd be a winter setting to a air conditioning unit, but uh the house was on the winter setting, so it wasn't as cold as it should have been. And uh, once I switched the setting, the condensation problem solved itself. But now my house is so fucking cold. And I like it like that, but uh, I'm freezing my ass off. So, But I mean, if you go outside, is it cold or is it warmer outside? No, it's warm outside. It's nice. Oh. Got it. It was like it was like North Carolina humid last week here, but now it's just regular summer hot. So yeah, we got a little break. We had some uh, chill in the air yesterday, and I had to go. You know, I like first time experiences, Matt. And um, you know, like when my son got into chess, and I had to go to a chess tournament at the convention center. Yeah, uh, pretty unique experience. Well. I'd never been to a cross-country meet before either. Kind of like a road race, but um, it was actually kind of exciting watching all these kids run around. Yeah, my daughter ran cross-country. Yeah, she liked it? Yeah, she did, but she's like, she was one of these kids who was a habitual joiner, so she would, you know, one year was cross-country, and then she would get done with cross-country, go on to something else, so she wasn't serious, but... You know, I, I went to those meets. I'd ne- like you, I'd never been to those meets before. They are pretty interesting. She's a dabbler. See, she likes the, the variety, maybe. Yeah. 
I wasn't too into any, you know, I, I tell my son, he's like, did you play sports? And I'm like, eh, I'm like, I tried to play football, but I really just wanted to, it was more of an excuse to try to hang out with my buddies. <laughs> I wasn't really looking to accomplish anything. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so today our topic, Matt, is a very uh, timely topic. We're going to talk about, I don't know if people still use this term, but you know, the work from home or telecommuting, as we used to call it when I did it back in the day. You know what? You're I, that we used to call it telecommuting before it was an issue. You're right. I haven't heard that. You don't hear that term anymore. It's a big word. Um, but, you know, I guess it's still like remote work and telecommuting are still are two different terms that have different like things attached to them. Like telecommuting, especially in my line of work, which I was in sales and field sales, where you're expected, you know, they don't expect you to be in the office every day sitting around. In fact, they don't want you in the office sitting around. They want you out on the road meeting customers and doing all that fun stuff. But, I mean, to me, you know, I was just pulling up some stats. Um, I don't know. I mean, my first swag at it is... Working from home should be the norm. If there's not a, like, if you're not working on an assembly line or something where I need, you know, like if we're in an orchestra and I guess we have, I don't know. I mean, why don't you grab it? But, but I, I think everyone should work from home or wherever the fuck they want if they don't, if there's not a, a compelling reason to be, you know, like brain surgery, I have to go to the hospital to do, you know, brain surgery. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that from home. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, you know, it's funny because this is a this this seems to be a growing issue among businesses now, and uh, um, I don't think it was ever an issue until you know the pandemic happened and everybody was forced to work remotely, and to me, this whole I don't know if it's a controversy, but there there seems to be a call now on the part of companies. And even when you watch these financial shows uh, in the morning, you know, I noticed a lot of the hosts now are like, they're literally saying, workers, get back to the office, you know, get uh, enough with this remote working stuff. You know, this... And I think it's really, it's become an issue about control. I think there's a concern that workers now are are having too much say in their own fate. And, you know, because a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of workers now have, uh, I don't know, the, it seems like the balance of power has shifted a little bit. And I don't think that companies like this. And I'll give you an example. When I, the place I just retired from, uh, they ran into some, well, the new, this place was a high profile place. It was constantly in the, in the media. Um, and there was a report that came out about how their pension liabilities was exceeding, had exceeded their, their annual revenue. And, you know, it concerned a lot of their ex employees once it hit the press and blah, blah, blah. So, my place of work, you know, former place of work, they went through this 
period where they were like going to tighten their belt, you know, and they tightened their belt uh, for, and they changed a lot of their policies. But one of the things that they had contemplated was they, you know, they had this big, massive building that cost them a lot of money. And one of the things that they were going to do was they were going to possibly, you know, sell it. And because they realized a lot of their employees could work remotely and they were starting to entertain and push the idea of people working remotely. Well, that never happened, but fast forward 10 years later, the pandemic happens and everyone started working. We, they had to have other employees work remotely. And, you know, there was some, where I worked, all the employees were in bargaining units. So when it came time to, uh, bring workers back, they got some pushback and suddenly it became an issue of control. You know, there wasn't, they didn't, they never really came up with an answer on why people had to return to the office. It was just really because I said so. And, (laughs) and, you know, a lot of employees at the time forgot that 10 years earlier, the company itself had entertained the notion of shutting down and having people work remotely. So, you know, I think uh, I agree with you that if you could do your job remotely, I think it could save businesses money. You know, I mean, again, in my, in the case of my employer, I know that building running that building costs them a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, so if, if, if the technology exists today to, to uh, enable employees to work remotely, you know, it's kind of a by byproduct of, progress in a sense you know so and businesses are always talking about like going with you know going with the flow going where progress takes you and i think this is where progress has taken us but there seems to be uh there seems to be pushback now on this i can't for the life of me understand it and i i did some decent research Quite frankly, too, in my career, you know, I've been in field sales since 1998. Before that, I did inside sales. And, you know, I didn't need anyone around me. I, if I had a phone and my computer, I mean, I was on the phone all day. And then even when I moved to a field job, sitting in traffic was actually my friend because I could sit in my car stuck on the 101 freeway in the Bay Area and make like 50, 60 phone calls and just get a shit, a shit ton of work done. You know, yeah. you go in the office, you're sitting at, especially where I worked, we didn't have our own, we had hoteling, right? I could sit down at any phone in a cubicle, punch in a couple numbers and get my phone uh, profile on that random phone. And half the time you could smell cigarettes on some, on the phone or, perfume all over it because whoever was using it before you was like slobbering all over the god darn phone yeah i just remember thinking i'm much more efficient from home yes but again as a salesman making 50 100 phone calls a day like i don't need disruptions or people bothering me and um you know i remember i took an inside sales job it was it wasn't supposed to be inside sales but 
And initially, this was even before the pandemic. They, you know, they were like, yeah, we don't care if you work from home as long as you're productive. About a month into the job, I don't know if their sales numbers were down, but they demanded everyone come to the office every day. Yeah. And it was just awful. <clears throat> but but one of the managers confided in me because I asked, I'm like, I don't need to come here every day. It's a waste of a commute. And they were like, yeah, but the more junior people, we want them listening and watching this <clears throat> more senior people when they're on the phone. And it goes back to you and I have talked about this. Like the best way to learn is by imitating and mimicking other people. Right. So if I'm at home, I can't watch you, especially in sales or maybe even other businesses. I don't, I don't know. And I won't pretend to, but I, I want to watch you as a senior sales guy, how you handle rejection. You know, I remember when I was in a cold calling position, we sat in a bullpen and it's like uh, one of those movies like Glenn Gary or one of them or. I don't know the, you know, watching a senior guy get shot down by a customer over the phone is one pretty damn hilarious, <laughs> but you also learn how to overcome people saying no to you. And so, so again, I'm, I'm giving you one ounce of maybe why it's useful, right? Yeah. Cause that's how we learn by watching other people in action. Um, I mean, just even me public speaking, I'm pretty decent at, and I learned that by watching some really good people public speak and just taking their cues or learning how they do stuff. And so, I don't, you know, I don't I'm not a proponent of it, but I, but it, analyzing what's so value about it is important. I think that there's value it, uh, to build on that on what you just talked about. I think there's value in a hybrid schedule. You know, you could bring junior associates in or junior salesmen or, you know, if I think if you give people the flexibility to work like two or three days from home and two or three or three, two or three days in the office, I think you can kind of accomplish like and please everyone um, instead of going 100 percent in the office or 100 percent remotely. Um you know, a lot of it depends on your job. You're right. You know, if you if you got to if you have to be in the office to do your job, then that's the way it goes. Although that that has I've noticed that has bred a lot of uh, inner office squabbles between employees because there are workers who need to be in the office all the time to perform their job, and they become resentful of the workers who can do their job remotely. Um, <laughs> that was an issue where I, where I used to work, but you know, I think, I think companies can accomplish what they want and employee employees can maybe enjoy the benefits of working remotely. If, uh, more companies went to a hybrid model, I work for a company right now that, that, you know, it's two or three days in the office two or three days at home, you pick, you do what, you know, you pick the days you want. And that people seem cool with that. But I, I think one thing companies have to do during this period is I think they have to, if they, if they can, if companies measure a way to determine their productivity and then move, you know, then react based on whether or not they're finding out their productivity is going up or down as workers work remotely. 
I think that solves a lot of answers for them. Like, I'll give you an example. The, again, the place I just re- retired from, we own this gorgeous, gigantic building. And one of the ways they brought in revenue was they had space that they rented out to other companies. Right. And, uh, and there was a company in Albany. Um, it was a tech company. And they owned and operated out of this gorgeous building near the near SUNY Albany. And then when they went remotely during the uh, pandemic, and they had all their workers working remotely, they they I had a I know this because I have a friend who worked there. They found their company found that their productivity like increased by like eighty percent having people work remotely. So they decided to get rid of the building, their building, and they moved and they moved some of their staff into the building that my employer owned. And so, you know, here was a position, here was a, here was a, a situation where a, an employer actually used real metrics and found that they were benefiting from the work, you know, from the remote work. And they adjusted their operation accordingly. It probably their productivity not only went up, they probably saved a shitload of money by closing their building. And, you know, so I mean I think it's it might be a situation that varies for each company, but you know, I think companies would be better off if they measured productivity rather than just issuing these edicts that, well, you gotta come back to the office because I said so. Yeah, I think you nailed it the first time when you said that. Because to your point, before the pandemic, a lot of places had a laissez-faire kind of attitude. As long as the work was getting done, you know, and again, where I worked, there was only a few times you were ever like, hey, we need you to come into the office, right? End of the quarter when, you know, visibility needed to be visible for people, et cetera. But but because the pandemic forced us to work remotely, I think companies want to exercise some authority saying, well, come back in the office and then maybe a year or two down the road, we can start loosening up. You know, we can have more control over who's working from home and when. I mean, and I, I think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Cause I mean, you're a company, you want to stay in business, you want to stay productive. And a lot of times I think from a management point of view, you know, it's not always easy to measure your employees productivity. You know, it's a lovely word to use. We'll be more productive because we're not commuting an hour and a half every day each way or whatever the hell. Right. But at the same time, managers struggle all the time, you know, trying to figure out productivity. Look, in sales, here's your quota, kid, million bucks. You sell 1.2 million. You're like, wow, that guy must be an animal. He's working hard. You sell 800K. You must suck. Yeah, it's pretty easy to kind of go, you're in, you're out. Yeah. Uh other jobs quantifying your productivity isn't always that easy. So that's yeah. A, yeah. Ahead. No, go ahead. Well, saying more the reason if I'm a manager, I want to be able to watch my people work because it gives me a little more insight. And and a lot of times, you know, you know, times comes down to why well, I like that guy, so I'm going to keep him around. Or that guy's a dick. <laughs> I don't want him around. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think I think there's companies. I think a lot of companies are guilty of some double speak on this issue because you know you constantly hear companies and business and business leaders talking about you know 
it's important to be able to adapt, you know, to changes and, you know, and this is a, this is a change and businesses have to adapt and, you know, and, and now there's resistance on the part of some companies. They don't want to, they don't want to adapt because I think there is an issue of control, but I also don't want to be Pollyannish either because I know, you know, there's, there's a, we all know there's a segment of the workforce that's lazy as shit and will steal time from companies. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure okay. there's a lot of remote workers who are off. blowing shit off and, you know, not where they're supposed to be because, and they can get away with it because they're out of the view of uh, their companies. But, you know, these are people who are dishonest to begin with and, and they're going to, they're going to steal time from a company no matter where they're working from, you know? So. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember, I don't know when this came out, but like back in the day, Microsoft had to make some deal with the government where they took solitaire off every computer. And I don't know if it was at the federal level, state level. Yeah. But it, you know, when you get like the package from Microsoft with all the software, you got this little suite of games and it, I don't know where the study came out. I wish I'd looked it up before this conversation, but basically they found that most government workers spent X amount of hours playing solitaire on their computers while they were in the <laughs> office though. This was back in the day before you even had telecommuting. Yeah. So, you know, people are going to, you know, I know, I know at least three people that got busted and fired for looking at porn while at work on their company computer, which, you know, it's, pretty much one of the dumbest things ever okay yeah well see yeah exactly and those are people who just have issues who <laughs> who could think it's a good idea to look at porn at work i mean what about jeffrey tubin <laughs> <laughs> what i don't i'm not familiar hey, check this out my company that i worked for was a pioneer in you know video conferencing okay they invested right. lots of money in it yada yada now, back in the day, this had to be circa 2008. Some dude, I was on a WebEx. Oops. I was on some video conference thing. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy was masturbating, you know, while on there's probably uh, over 150 yeah. people. Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, well, this is pre Jeffrey Tubin. But this guy was Tubin in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like everyone could see him. And actually what's interesting is two things. One, when you go on to Skype or any of these other tools, Zoom, what have you, you have to click on your uh, video camera right. to allow it to record you. Back then, it just came on. Your video just started, you know, rolling. And this guy, we're on this conference call. And I don't know, this guy is like going, you know, savagely abusing his body <laughs> and everyone can see it. <laughs> you know, I, I just thought of this case. I just thought of that, of the Jeffrey Tubin thing uh, recently, because at this new place that I'm working, I downloaded teams onto my phone. Uh -huh. And I also have teams on my computer in my office. And there was the other day I couldn't get on no matter how many times I clicked the camera for teams in my office, I wasn't showing up on that screen. Right. And it had something to do with the fact that I also had downloaded it on my phone and there was 
some, I don't know, some, the, uh, I'm not real sure what the problem was, but it was like this, this fact that I had it on my phone and it was operating on my phone was somehow canceling out the camera on my computer screen. But I was thinking like, this is probably how people get caught like whacking off during these meetings because they're, they're on camera, but they don't realize they're on camera. Well, the guy I'm talking about, there's a little more to my story. I wanted to finish. He didn't know he was recorded. Right. Obviously. And so a bunch of people were like that knew him were like texting him on his phone. Like, dude, we can see you stop (laughs) for the love of God. Now he got promptly fired. And then what happened next was, you know, he obviously knew he deserved to be fired, but the legal department of the company that fired him actually ended up giving him, I'm going to say somewhere to the tune of a million bucks, not to sue because one, he did not proactively turn that video thing on and he could have had filed a lawsuit for wrongful termination because he didn't know that what he was doing. So he got paid a million dollars for whacking off. Yeah, but I mean, everybody, I mean, that story's been told. And I've been doing it for free my whole life. He got paid to jerk off. (laughs) You know, he was like had OnlyFans before OnlyFans was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) What a trailblazer. He might have had a few dates after that. I mean, I don't really know. (laughs) You know, I don't, if, you know, here's the thing, too, about, remote work a lot of um at first i didn't know what to make of this argument but a lot of them a lot of workers were saying like well you know i'm under being able to work from home i'm under less stress because i don't you know i don't have to worry about making sure my kids are at the babysitters or you know or getting my kids to their obligations after school and things like this or uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not having to sit in traffic, you know, for an hour, you know, a day and spend, right. spend money on gas. And at first I thought, well, that's, you know, for forever, people have worked and they've had kids and they've had obligations and, you know, that's, I didn't think that was a good argument, but then I started thinking like, if your employees are under less stress and your employees are happy or happier that to me would indicate that would probably mean that they're being more productive so i mean i i think there's a i think there's a i think there's a way that companies are benefiting in that sense um and i also think too though i think i think the scale is tipped and it is for as many companies that are ordering or are trying to order their workers back. I think there's some companies that if they're smart, you know, and they go to a fully remote, uh, schedule, that's a way to lure. And that's, that's an incentive. And it's, it's a way to lure some em, em, employees, especially younger employees. Both of my kids have really good jobs and they both work, they were, they both work completely remote now. My daughter works for uh, my daughter works in Buffalo, and she works completely remote for a, an employer that's eight hundred miles away. No kidding. So I mean, you know, now if people are going to be given that option, 
uh, you know, a lot of companies are if they don't offer that option, they're it's going to be hard for them to find employees. You know, especially the younger employees, because this is the way they're this is the way they're used to now uh, experiencing the workforce. I don't I can't disagree with that at all. And the other thing, too, you know, is telecommuting like I'm talking to you and I can see your big, handsome face very well. I can see your um, panic. Yeah, but I can see like your facial expressions. So if I say something offensive, you know, I know if I've triggered you or whatnot. <laughs> um, but like, it is important in a conversation to be able to see people's faces. And all I was going to say was this technology is going to continue to improve. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to do holograms of Harry Carey anymore, but I heard that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> uh, my know. wife has a. My wife has a. Uh, She's always coming up with these like ideas and inventions, and she's got a hologram invention uh, she thought of for malls if uh, when the next pandemic hits. Like for shopping? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give away. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give away her secret. So, but uh, I like it. <laughs> well, I see her on Shark Tank. <laughs> she was actually she. You know, she's had ideas her whole life, and some of them are crazy, and some of them are actually good. But she she advanced this one to a uh where she had like a tech person working on a prototype but uh i don't know it's awesome we'll see hey, man gotta keep <laughs> striving but i do feel like unless you gotta get in the car i mean you know you work from home and at some point it's like anything else you're like i gotta get out of here oh you know but yeah. you can always go to a starbucks or somewhere else you know that's actually i thought of a a coffee shop that had like two sides of it, you know, kind of like the mullet approach party in front, you know, business yeah. in the back or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but like the one room would be a quiet room where you could go and have your conference calls and do, you know, when you got to be professional and then the other room would be like a coffee lounge where you could hang out and just chill out. I know. I know the cities are, uh, I've, I saw this in Albany and then I now, and there's a place I park in Buffalo. That's, uh, uh, that's one of these places you ever, they're, uh, I, they're called, I think they're called collabs and they're, yeah, I never heard they're, of it. Yeah. They're building space. There's space in a building that, you know, uh, these this is, uh, entrepreneurs are opening, running out, or owning space in a building and they're using the space for, and they're running it out to uh, remote workers so that they can have a space to work from. If they don't want to work from home, they come in and they, it's like, it's like, it's like running a temporary office. Yeah. Isn't that like we work or one of them? Yeah. I got a friend who was working for a large credit card company, not based in Buffalo, but, um, uh, he was working out of Buffalo and he, he hated working out of his ho home, but he needed to move to Buffalo because his parents were both of his, he's the only child and his, both of his parents were getting up there in age. So he was running space, uh, from this, you know, collab, I guess they call it. And, uh, I don't know, those are, those are pretty, I would never want to do that, but 
I just think the idea is cool. And what I do like about it is one thing that the remote work environment, I think the one downside is it is it has impacted negatively uh, a lot of economies in this in cities, like you know, service uh, oriented businesses like diners and luncheonettes and you know. Yep. Boy, I really dated myself calling someplace a luncheonette. But but downtown, like a lot of businesses in downtown areas have been suffering during the remote, you know, work environment because less people are coming downtown. So I think that collab uh, model can help offset that a little bit. You know, I don't think it's going to make a huge dent, but if there is a downside, I think downtowns are 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 hurting a little bit by not having workers. Uh, commute into the, into, into the city. Fine. I mean, to be honest with you, I think things will evolve. I mean, they're, you know, we have all this empty, I just went out to research triangle park, right? It's an area here right? Um, where a ton of businesses are. And it, there are some ghost town aspects to it, right? I mean, you see yeah. giant buildings with nobody in them. Yeah. Um, at the same time, we're complaining that there's not enough room for apartments and housing. I mean, that the apartment scene here in Raleigh is terrible. I know people are just getting greased over the past two years because of the exodus from crappy cities that now they're going to come here and make our city like theirs. Yeah, I'm just being a dick, but you know, but it's true. It's like when I moved here, I mean, you could rent an apartment for like five, six hundred bucks for the whole apartment. And now, you know, like even the shitty apartments, you know, in the in this, you know, kind of crappier parts of town are like 11, 12, 1300 bucks. And, you know, and that's just yeah. going to force people in their 20s and 30s to have to get roommates. <laughs> I worked with a guy who was like 54 and divorced uh, a couple of years ago. And he lived in an apartment with like six people. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I mean, that's gotta be sad. You know, I <laughs> just th- awful. I uh, well, you know, a lot of I I noticed over the I haven't heard it recently, but a couple months ago, I noticed a lot of politicians, uh, like here in New York, the governor was like saying. You know, workers need to return to the office. And it was all about, you know, trying to I think they were getting pressure from the small business community because people with small businesses downtown were hurting. And uh, uh, especially in, it, it it really did have an impact in New York City. Uh, a lot of people, you know. I, I went down to New York. I mean, City. no one's riding the subway. It's It's the whole, you know. Yeah. It's the whole, oh, I'm going to use a terrible term. It's that whole trickle-down effect. You're going to have the big real estate people bitching. You're going to have the little guys bitching. But even the subway is probably not bringing in as much revenue as it used to. It wasn't for a while. Like, the MTA in New York City was, like, very concerned. if, If the subway system, you know, goes bankrupt or or dies in New York city, then the whole city dies. So, uh, yeah. And I, and I have some friends who work for the MTA and, and there was, they, they, there was a lot of concern at one point, but, um, 
even as I watch these financial shows and the anchors are like encouraging people to go back to work, they've also been talking about like what a great opportunity, you know, for tech companies now during this remote environment. <clears throat> and, you know, they're going to develop, they'll, they're all developing the next, you know, wave of programs to make the remote work environment become a norm, you know? So I don't know. There's, it's just a lot of confusing talk and, contrasting talk on this. I mean, you'll probably see giant complexes being built that are going to be showcased as a work live kind of environment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, especially for the younger single people, they don't, you know, they don't want to live out like where I live in a stupid house with, you know, with a bunch of bedroom community type people living there. I mean, it's boring. You want to be, you know, you want to be where the action is, like for your free time, but you also, I mean, if you don't have to get in a car and drive freaking an hour and a half, you know, that was really touched on, but I think it's, everyone knows it. But I just pulled the stats from before the pandemic and the average American was spending like 54 hours a year sitting in traffic. Right. So just the wasted productivity. On top of that, you're sitting in the car idling, burning gas. Like all those inefficiencies that at some point at a high level, you got to address that and go, even if we could put a dent in that by a X percentage, you're doing good. But I think giving back the time, and this is what really kills me about companies. They don't really give a fuck about your time or your work-life balance. You'll hear that catchy phrase. Oh, we have a good work-life balance here. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. A lot of places don't care. They want to squeeze you like a turnip and then throw you in the trash and hire someone younger than you. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny. It's the the it's the the generational attitudes uh, toward this remote work environment is pretty glaring. Like where I where where, where I work now, everyone, you know, you're you're allowed to work remotely two or three days a week. A lot of the older employees like myself choose to be in the office. They don't like people. A, a lot of the older employees just, they don't, they've said they don't like working remotely. They've, they, they, but uh, the younger employees, they never come into the office if they don't have to, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like if I took a job, like I just got my personal trainer certification and I'm outfitting my house for a small gym, but I don't want to do video. I mean, I don't know. I'll figure out my own little private business. You're froze. That I'm friends with. You froze, you froze for a while they there. Like the, oh, um, well, all I was saying was really, yeah. Yikes. All right. Well, all I was saying is, like, um, I work out with a personal trainer and there's a bunch of them at the gym I work out at and several of them that I know are very happy to come to the gym. Like they love being there. They love the social aspect of working out with people. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, you could pull any workout off the internet and do any kind of, whether it's core deadlifting, whatever you can have someone teach you all the right things to do. Um, so, I mean, just the, the, the social aspects, I think, I, I don't know if that's your particular case, but I do think like, you know, 
the social, the camaraderie, you know, think about like sports guys. They're yeah. not going to, you know, just like a lot of them when they retire, they miss all their buddies. They miss the camaraderie. They miss being in the locker room. So there's, there's that element in the corporate world of being, you know, Hey, let's go to lunch or let's hang out. Let's yeah. talk about work, but in a social kind of relaxed environment. And See, I think that, that that's hard I, to do remotely. Yeah, I, I agree that. And that appeals to me. Like I, I go into the office because I like, uh, I like getting out of the house and I like going downtown and I like the social aspect of it. And, uh, the weird thing is though, where I've been a little bit disappointed in my new job is I get downtown cause I want to be social. And then because a lot of people in my department are young, my department's like a ghost town. <laughs> there's no one to, there's no one to be social with because they're all at home <laughs> working. But uh, I ran into what the issue you're talking about in the uh, fitness world. I ran into. Um, I had a good relationship with my one trainer in in Albany, and then I ended up relocating 300 miles away. And uh, I had some trainers that I know approach me about, you know, working out with them remotely over the internet and. It just that doesn't appeal to me. I I need to yeah. be I need to be with the person, you know, that I'm training with. And a lot of it doesn't even have anything to do with the training. You know, I like to just I like to bullshit with my trainers in during my workout, you know, yep. like ask them questions <laughs> about their life and, you know, make jokes. And, the, you know, it's just I need that. I I need that social component. Yep. Um, it's great. It's weird to me that a lot of people don't like I've thought I've actually given a lot of thought to this that like people are cool with not being social and you know that's to each their own but like it kind of worries me a little bit too about society that like uh that that doesn't matter to people I mean that to me that's like I don't know that's one no, of the, I don't know I've always been a socially right it's one of the good things about living animal so. yeah so. I don't know. It's just strange. I there is going to be a. Uh, I do have a as much as much as I'm pro working remotely, even though I don't really do it as much as I'm a, allowed to. It one aspect that concerns me is downtowns are going to be facing a, a, a you know a an issue where they have a lot of empty office space. You're seeing that in Buffalo right now because of uh, work, the the remote work, and and even where I went to work, they at one point before the pandemic, they were thinking about getting uh, relocating to a an, a bigger building because they were running out of space, and now post pandemic, half the building's empty because workers aren't coming in. Yep. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. We always do. <laughs> but there'll be winners and losers. You know, people are going to lose money on their real estate. And then other people will come out on the, you know, the, the people will figure out what, what the next rev looks like. But I do, I do think that the social component needs to get right sized. Like texting people, not talking to them, not really understanding. It, it, it leads to kind of like what we see in Twitter and people just like, bad mouthing each other and yeah. you know 
it just, I mean, it really takes communication to its lowest form. You're, you're 100% right. I, you Runs know, and clicks. <laughs> coming from the world of journalism, you know, like, I, I did all my interviews either over the phone or in person. And now there's this whole generation of reporters that are like, when they reach out to someone, they do it through email. And then if they don't hear back from the person, I've noticed in stories in the newspaper, like so-and-so did not respond to an email. It's like, <laughs> pick up the fucking phone and call them. You know, yeah. that's yeah. bullshit. That's, that's <laughs> just, I think, I think people are using technology to just avoid people, you know? I used to do that. Yeah. People so- would call me that I didn't like, and I would listen to their voicemail. And if they were like, hey, call me back, that would piss me off, first off, because usually I could solve their problem in the interim period if they at least left me some breadcrumbs. But then I would shoot them an email like, hey, I'm responding to your voicemail. What's up? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think this is definitely an issue. I don't think it's an issue that's related to remote work. But I think, you know, people are using technology as a way around doing their job correctly. You're right. It's like a whole new form of passive aggressive. (laughs) You know, you're you're acting. I mean, I know you're you're joking in a way, but you're that's you're actually right. Yes, it's very similar. Very similar. They're they're using technology to avoid tasks that they don't really enjoy or feel comfortable with. You know, I I have a I've worked in an office with I've shared an office with a person who said said to me, like, I hate talking to people on the phone. It's like, what, what, a, you know, like, that's how you communicate with your coworkers, you know, and, and people that you're supposed to be serving. And I interviewed I, a guy for a sales job that he, t- he said that during the interview. I'm like, what the fuck do you think we do all day? That's all I do is talk on the phone. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, um, I always found too, just the ability to talk to people. If you notice the people who are successful, a lot of people who are successful who aren't necessarily, you know, any more intelligent than you, they're successful because they can talk to people, you know? And that was one thing I, I would impress upon my kids that when I, when I raised them was you have to know how to talk to people. You can't like be shy. You can't be withdrawn because that's part of the battle in life is you got to be able to interact with people. And I don't know. I'm seeing more and more people, young people who aren't able to like interact in a, it's weird when I meet a young person who's really sociable and can interact with someone twice their age, I'm very impressed by them. You know, since we're, we're uh, talking about our kids, um, I get that feedback from everyone, people I know or don't know. It doesn't matter about my kids. Um, the eye contact. Yeah. The, like I just met my son's new cross country coach. She's like, your son is amazing. And I just looked, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it before, <laughs> yeah. but she just says, you know, he came right up to me and got right in my face in a good way. And he shook my hand and, just started talking to me without any, you know, fear or what, you know, I don't know if fear is the right word or just, just being shy, I guess. Uh, 
Well, your son is is into acting though too, though, right? That's that's probably a very. I think karate is probably the number one contributor to that because he's an instructor. Right. And he's been doing it since he was three. But the acting helped. It just helped him. You know, there's an education to it and there's a learning. But that, you know, he's still like my daughter will still get like stranger fear or, you know, stranger danger and kind of clam up a little bit. But he'll walk up to anybody and just talk to them. Yeah, you got to be able to communicate, and I think uh, I think the worm though has turned permanently. I think remote work, whether companies like it or not, I mean, I, yep. as this younger, this is the way of the, you know, the this is how the younger generation expect to work, and I think, uh, you know, I think they're going to win on this. I think companies are going to adapt to workers you know, more than they have in the past. So, and they're also going to live with their parents for a lot longer. You lucked out, man. Cause both your, both your kids just got the hell away from you. They could not wait. They could, I mean, they, <laughs> you know, they, we, even when they were young teenagers, they talked <laughs> all the time about like, I can't wait till I'm on my own. They were out of the house and that's the way it should be. You yeah. know, that's your job. Your job as a parent is, ultimately to raise your kids to be independent people who contribute to society. That's really your job as a parent and run your own show. My kids could not wait to be fucking independent. Good. You know, good on them. All right, big dog. Well, I think we've uh, covered this topic well and beat the finalize the point remote work. Ain't going back. Fuck you, office. I'm working in my jammies all day. <laughs> but get downtown and support uh, the merchants downtown in your local city. Go out to lunch. Yeah, go have some drinks. <laughs> and don't masturbate during a Zoom meeting. Yeah, masturbate on your own time, guys. Come on. <laughs> Smart enough. But if right, you do masturbate, make sure you get made, get paid a million dollars for it. <laughs> Get on OnlyFans. There's a way to make money. (laughs) All right, man. Stay free. Stay free. Bye-bye.